Greetings ladies and mental gents and welcome to this batch video for the web novel Out of Space taken from the website Royal Road. And as always I hope you enjoy the narration and if you do please consider supporting the channel. Chapter 333 The Purge Rothschild Estate Marshalling Yard Captain Knight Judas eyed the brightly lit windows of the Great Hall where the dancing figures and drifting conversations and musics could be heard. Lord Captain, an armored soldier stood saluted. The men have formed up and are ready. Judas turned and faced the neat columns of soldiers and the remaining core of his military strength, as hundreds of his men had perished away at the Battle of Orwell's Point. Good, squad leaders, you have my orders. Carry them out. The soldier saluted as one, and with a clash of steel against steel, mounted up onto the land dragons and headed towards the gates. Judas eyed the soldiers marching away and turned to the group of United Nations soldiers who stood there watching the ongoings. Mills, Judas gestured to the cocky soldier. I need a word, man to man. What is it? Mills strolled over. You and I, he glared at Mills. We started off as enemies, but now we're, um, allies. Yeah, so what of it? Mills frowned as he braced himself for Judas's strange words. What do you want? I want you to look after Lady Titania, Judas gritted his teeth as he forced his words out. If we fail, her enemies will not let her live. What I am, um, Mills was confused. I want you to take her away from this place if we fail, Judas hissed. Protect her as you did. Uh, of course, Mills replied in a serious tone. He knew Judas was putting Titania's safety before his own interest, and he admired the man's heart. I promise you. Good, Judas nodded. A gentleman's promise is heavier than a mountain's. Mills watched Judas turn away and join his troops as they rode off towards the gate and towards the city with several carriages in tow. What did he mean? Terrier asked as he rode a land dragon over. Mills rubbed his face and said, He wants me to protect Titania if crap hits the fan and bring her with us out of this place. Will you? Terrier asked as he turned to watch the Rothschild's cavalry. Yes, I promised him, Mills replied, and I've yet to give her a reply. Reply? Terrier asked. On? Responsibilities, Mills sighed. Enough of that. You also watch yourself out there, too. Terrier grinned, his teeth unnaturally white from the glow of the lamps. Don't worry too much. We should be able to accomplish our mission successfully. Your girlfriend won't be in any danger. Besides, she is smart. I hope so, too, Mills replied. All right, good luck and Godspeed. Terrier gave a nod as he turned with his men. Move out. The dino-like mounts hissed and the riders kicked their flanks and they galloped off, following the cavalry into the city. The cavalry split up once they left the state, and some heading over into the inner city, others heading towards the inner city gates to enter the city districts. The sparsely populated streets allowed them to rapidly move to their destinations without any incidents, and the soldiers dismounted and proceeded to enforce their orders. Norsal Residential District, Baker Street Campbell Solomon, the city's watch commander, was happily sipping on a goblet of red. Recently, he had gotten a case of wine, courtesy of House Taran. He smiled at the thought of the cooperation with the two great houses of Norsalm, and the amount of gold that he had accepted that sat in his private vault. Suddenly, an urgent knocking on the door jolted him out of his dreams and spoiled his mood. What is it? My lord, the man servant bowed and quickly reported. There are soldiers downstairs that wish to speak to you. They say that it's a matter of great importance. Who are they? Campbell stood up and asked curiously, wondering what had happened. Which unit are they from? 
They bear the signet of House Rothschild, my lord, the manservant replied. As for what purpose, it's for your ears only. Campbell's face turned slightly pale as he set his goblet down, wondering if the Rothschilds had found out about his involvement with the house Talon and Deflin. He shook his head at the thought, doubting that they uncovered this part with them, and even so, with the backing of two of the greatest houses in the city, what can a waning house do to him? Let them in, Campbell said after a while. I'll meet them in the study. The manservant gave a bow and left while Campbell walked over to his study. To be safe, he called his personal guards to be on alert and sat down and waited for the kind important matters that these soldiers came bearing. Sounds of booted feet could be heard and the door of his study opened. His manservant announced the guests. Sir Lay, Knight of the Silver. Sir Lay, pleased to meet you. Campbell stood up and posted a welcome smile on his face. What matters are that important that can't wait until the next day? Sir Lay did a quick check of his surroundings before he turned to his men behind him and nodded. His subordinates suddenly sprang into action, drawing the swords and cutting down the guards and the servants without a word. Campbell's expression turned into fear as he witnessed the sudden, violent deaths of his people, and he nearly toppled over his chair. Wait! What are you doing? You are under the suspicion of a crime of collaborating with the enemy, Sir Lay said as he stood before Campbell. Surrender yourself, resist, and die. Do you know who I am? Campbell tried to scare the night. I am the commander of the city watch. I report directly to Lady Titania. Who are you to accuse me of such crimes? Sir Lay removed his scroll case and unfurled the document and waved it before Campbell's face. My order of her ladyship, Countess Titania Rothschild, Lord Campbell Solomon, is hereby suspended from his duties as commander of Norsalm City Guards for accepting bribes and favors from other parties. He shall be detained till his innocence is proven in a court of law. Any resistance by the suspect will be deemed a suspect as guilty as charged and be executed on the spot. Signed, Lady Titania Rothschild. Campbell's face fell as he took in the scroll with shaking hands and read the contents. Impossible! They, they promised me! They, they promised to protect me! By those words you just said, Sir Lay sneered, it means that you have truly taken their gold. Shocked, Campbell looked up and quickly said, No, no! I was just saying anything at all. Enough of this nonsense, Sir Lay snapped and drew his sword. Follow us quietly, or die under my blade. Choose one, now... Campbell swallowed his saliva nervously as he stared at the tip of the sword at his nose. I surrender. Don't kill me. Take him. Sir Lay ordered his men, who quickly tied up his hands together and covered his head with a hood. Let's go. We've still got a few more names on the list to arrest. All around the city, squads of soldiers stormed into houses, clubs, and even barracks. Dozens of men were dragged or carried away in carriages. Messengers of House Taran and Deflin raced across the streets in a hurry towards the Rothschild estate to inform their masters of the sudden purge, but roadblocks barred their way. Those that tried to force their way through were killed on the spot. Some messengers managed to skip around the roadblocks, only to be intercepted when they arrived at the Rothschild estate's gates, their bodies quietly disposed of. Hence, the party in the estate continued on smoothly without any word of the news of the purge in the city. Titania gracefully entertained and accepted several dances from prominent heads of the houses to put an appearance to her guests. Lady Titania! A raspy voice suddenly called out to her from behind. She turned her head around and saw Lord Tyron and Lord Deflin, supported by their son standing behind her. She made an apology to the guests speaking with and braced herself for mentally to face off with her enemies. 
You're welcome to my place, Lord Taran, Lord Devlin. Titania gave a sweet smile and a curtsy to the two old men, and of course, the young masters too. <laughs> Lord Devlin stood in his crystal cane and returned the smile to Titania. You look ravaging tonight, my lady. Lord Devlin, Titania said, thank you for your compliments. I see that you both, my brothers, did not tag along with you tonight. Your brothers? Lord Taran put on a confused expression. Why would they be with us? Oh, you must be joking. Titania covered her mouth with a small folding fan and giggled. Didn't they join you to overthrow me? Both Lord Taran and Devlin burst into laughter, making the surroundings guests look at them in curiosity. Now that is a good joke. Titania gave a shrug and snapped the fan shut with a crack. I know what my two brothers are up to, and of course you did it behind my back. Enjoy the night, my lords, Titania said before she walked off. I will repay you your kindness to me. The four men there stood watching Titania mingle with the guests and frowned. Did you know that we were the ones that sent the killer? It seems so, father, the young lord of the Taran said. She knows something. Push the next step of the plan forward, Lord Devlin said. Start moving the men into the city. But uh, we had yet to secure enough places for the men to hide in yet. The other young lord, Taran, whispered. And lately, there were some problems with food supplies for our warehouses. Fix it, Lord Taran said to his son. Put them on the dark warehouses or even on board trade ships. We just need them to be ready to move in an instant. Get all of our associates to open their warehouses and storehouses for us to use so that our men can move in immediately. Yes, father. Norsalm Grand Harbor. Several soldiers dragged the struggling fat figure from the vice harbor master away in a black carriage. The knight in charge turned to stare at the sweating harbor master, who bowed his head low in fear. When is the harbor log? Here, sir knight. The harbor master quickly took at several thick tombs. All here. Find all the warehouses and businesses belonging to this list of people. The knight said and shoved the scroll into the harbor master, who quickly ordered his clerks to check the books. Due to the fact that their lives were at stake, the cloaks worked very fast, and soon they found several warehouses and stalls that were under the names of the ones on the list. So, Knight, the harbour master had one of the cloaks copied down the information. Here is the information you asked for. Good. The Knight did a quick check of the list. You are certain that none of them missing from this list? Yes, Sir Knight. The harbour master swiped the sweat warming from his head. My people had checked the records twice. The knight started at the harbor master for another moment before he abruptly nodded. Go home, all of you, and if you spread a single word about this incident tonight, every single one of you will be arrested and thrown into the dungeons. Th th thank you, sir knight, the harbor master and the clerks quickly replied. We will not speak a single word of this to anyone, we swear. Good, now beat it. The knight gestured to them to leave, which they did so rapidly. After making sure no one was around, the knight handed the information to another soldier. Find out where these stores and warehouses are. Yes, knight captain, the soldier saluted, and burned them all down. End of chapter. Chapter 334. Retaliation. House Taran Estate. Several figures silently climbed over the fence in the massive estate grounds of House Taran. They scanned their surroundings and carefully avoided both magical spells and physical guards as they stealthily made their way into the large mansion. Both of their tangos should be in the guests' wings of the manor, Tyria whispered to his men. We stealth in, grab our two tangos, and exit quietly. Try not to gauge the enemy, Tyria said. We want to scare them and give them a good impression that we can enter and exit like ghosts. 
His men nodded as they stacked up against the building's shadow. They should be on that floor, Daria pointed to the second floor where the windows were barely lit. Let's go. They sprinted across the lawn, keeping low, using the manicured bushes as cover once the roving patrol of guard was out of sight. They crouched under the windows and used a long, flexible piece of metal and jammed the latch before opening the window and climbing in. Once everyone was inside, the last man closed the window, and while the rest spread out and cleared the room, the room was unlit and empty. The decor were like some kind of study or library. Hitsu opened his bag of holding and took out a spy camera and slipped it under the door crack. He played around with the camera controls before retrieving the tool back into his bag. Corridor is clear. Move, fast and quiet, Daria ordered as they exited in two rows, each hugging the side of the corridor walls. The corridor was lit with glow lamps, allowing them to see without the need for night vision equipment. They ignored the doors they found along the way and headed straight for the stairs. A pair of guards stood in the main hallway where the doubled stairs had led up to the second floor at. Teria gestured Altiered and Young with hand signals and they both nodded, drawing out their tasers. Teria raised his hand up before chopping down and both men darted out and fired their tasers. Both guards jerked and spasmed as the taser barbs launched through their plate mail and inner wear. The sharp prongs pierced their skin and dumped 50,000 volts of electricity into their bodies. As their consciousness faded away, Altiered and Young rushed forward to grab the falling bodies to prevent making any noise. They stacked both men upright in a position against the wall and removed the barbs from their bodies. The rest of Claymore 1 pushed forward and advanced up the stairs. After ensuring that the second floor corridor was clear, they headed towards the room where the music and laughter could be heard. Using the spy camera tool, Hitsu could see dozens of people parting inside the room. He played the camera controls before he said, Found them. Tyria reached his pouch and removed a yellow band canister. Sleep well, Tyria said. Knocks them out for half an hour or less, courtesy of Magister Thorne and Dr. Sharon. The men stacked against the door and Hitsu carefully checked the doorknob before he nodded to Tyria, who held the spell grenade in his hands. Teria pulled the pin, which held the spring-loaded mana stone. Hitsu gently turned the knob and opened the door large enough for Tyria to fling his grenade in. He quickly shut the door again, and the grenade flew into the room and mentally counted down in his head. Five thousand, four thousand, three thousand, two thousand, one thousand. The sudden appearance of the spell grenade barely registered in the people inside the room. The dark, olive-green canister with the yellow-colored band rolled unnoticed on the carpet and came to a halt underneath the sofa before the mechanical clockwork spring snapped down. The manor stone attached to the head of the spring touched a charged circular rune, carved with a large-scale knockout spell. The manor stone flared up briefly as all its magic power stored in the stone was sucked up dry by the rune. A split second later, the manor stone crumbled into dust as all the power was drained away and the rune and the rune exploded with an overcharged spell was powered up. A sudden magic circle measuring two meters wide erupted in the canister and surprised some of the more clear-headed partygoers before the spell was completed. The magic circle lit up brightly before disappearing and everyone in the room in their vision darkening as they collapsed where they stood or sat. As Hitsu was about to open the door and rush in, Tyria stopped him and with a shake of his head, wait another five seconds, let the spell expire first. Hitsu nodded and waited another five seconds. Go, Teria said after a while, and Hitsu opened the door. He immediately tracked his weapon left, covering the left portion of the room, while Lok behind him covered his right. 
He immediately saw the whole place was in a mess. The room was large and a party seemed like it had been in full swing when they crashed it. Half-naked female bodies lay sprawled all over the place where a massive bed was set against one wall. Sofas and tables full with drinks and food laid scattered on all over the place. Several musicians slumped over their instruments while several young males were laid out on sofas with females in their arms. There, Hitsu pointed towards a bunch of tangled-up bodies. Immediately they started to pull the bodies away and Terrier whipped out his tablet, placing it next to the unconscious male, physically comparing the two pictures. Got the eldest brother here, Alberto Rothschild identified. Here's the other guy, Wolf called out, dragging the body out, and Terrier bent over and checked his identity. Mallet, Rothschild. All right, bag him and let's go. Terrier ordered and his men bound their hands and gagged them before slipping hoods over their heads, and Altiad and young firemen carried them over their shoulders. Move out. They retreated the same way they came, without meeting anyone. As they reached the estate's perimeter fence, shouts and yells could be heard coming from the mansion. Looks like they found out something was wrong, Terrier grinned. Too late, suckers. House, Rothschild, Great Hall. Lord Tarrant stood with his back straight despite over fifty years old. His long, graying hair was combed and tied into a long ponytail that reached his shoulders. In his hands, he clasped a long crystal cane firmly, resting it in between his feet. He felt a sense of unease as he watched Lady Titania mingling with the guests before him, yet he couldn't pin it down what the cause was. He eyed his son, Daniel Tarrant, accepting a dance from one of the prettier girls while the young lord of Deflin, Steve, was nursing a goblet of wine, his eyes fixed on Titania. Lord Tarrant turned and spoke in a low voice to Lord Deflin, who was seated next to him. Something does not feel right. Lord Devlin nodded slowly as he too felt Lady Titania's actions were too, um, calm. She does not even show any fear or unease like, uh, she has some kind of hidden card that we do not know. Impossible, Lord Taran replied. I clearly investigated her assets and strength of her forces. She brought back a total of 27,143 soldiers. Out of that, 3,378 were deserted or ran away when they returned to the city. We bribed 4,900 man leaders and 3,000 manned commanders over to our side. Lord Tarrant said she only has 15,865 soldiers in that army of hers. Even if the famed Rothschild Knights of Silver barely have 60 knights left in their ranks. There was another 52 mercenaries she brought into her mansion, Lord Tarrant added, which barely upper odds. Lord Deflin frowned as he too ran the all possibilities through his head. Wait, did you see the commander of the Knights of Silver? Night Captain Judas, Lord Tarrant looked around the room. Now that you mention it, I do not. Steve, Lord Daphlin hissed at his son who quickly came over. Have you seen Night Captain Judas anywhere tonight? Steve Daphlin was startled by the question and he jerked his head up and looked around before he replied. No? Where could he be? Lord Tarrant's expression turned to worry. He usually likes to stick close to Lady Titania and chase all the men away. Steve said, Curious. Suddenly, a commotion came from the crowd, and the guests seemed to be pulled towards the window. What is happening? Lord Deflin demanded as he sensed fear and confusion from the mood of the party. Wait here, I'll find out, father. Lord Tarran. Steve Deflin excused himself and joined the crowd forming at the windows. A short while later, he came back in a hurry. Something's wrong. The city seems to be on fire. What? Both of the lords turned towards the windows. Let us see. They made their way towards the windows, and the guests gave way to them due to their lofty positions. They both stared out into the night and saw the city in the distance glowing and hissing. 
the merchants and the harbour on fire. The guests were muttering amongst themselves as they discussed the sudden event that was unfolding in the city with excitement. Some guests, worried about their businesses in those places, quickly excused themselves from the party, and after giving their apologies to Lady Titania, they left in a hurry. Lord Devlin suddenly thought of something and shot a glance at Lady Titania, to find her eyeing him in return. She gave a mysterious look at Lord Devlin before covering a smile that formed on her lips with a fan. Trouble, Lord Devlin suddenly said. We have been had. She outplayed us tonight. His son and Lord Terran turned and stared at him in surprise. What do you mean? She must have sent Night Captain Judas to burn down our warehouses and businesses. Lord Devlin said in horror. That is why we did not see Night Captain tonight. Lord Terran turned rigid at the realization came to him. If that's true, she must have found out about the... No. Lord Terran? A voice cried out from the edge of the crowd. My lord, where are you? A messenger finally spotted his lord at the window and was pushed his way through the guests. My lord, I bear grave news. Silence! Lord Terran hissed the surrounding guests eyed him with curious eyes and ears. Not here. The messenger, realizing his mistake, quickly gave a bow and stepped back and whispered into Lord Terran's ears. After that, he stepped back as Lord Terran's expression turned purple with fury. Back! We must return to the estate now! What's the problem? Lord Darren asked curiously. Is it what I fear? Yes and no, Lord Terran growled. We will speak of this matter later, but I need to return at once. Lord Devlin? Another voice called out as another messenger of House Devlin colors appeared. What is it? Lord Devlin asked while Lord Terran paused in his footsteps, as he was too curious about the news the messenger bore. The messenger, seeing everyone watching, he leaned forward and spoke in a low voice to his lord. Several of our businesses and warehouses are burnt down. What? Lord Devlin hissed in anger at the matter he feared came true. We return at once. What appears to be the matter, my esteemed lords? A sweet voice came over, whispering guests. The party tonight is not to your liking. Both lords Taran and Devlin turned their attention and anger to the voice. Lady Titania stood at the edge of the crowd and fanned herself lazily. Please tell me what is the lack, so that I can improve my hospitality to you both. You! End of chapter. Chapter 335. All bets are off. A hush fell amongst the guests as they eagerly watched the confrontation between Lady Titania and Lord Taran and Lord Danfland. Some of the guests started to form up behind Lord Taran and Devlin, clearly showing their stance towards the Health Rothschild, while others did the same for Lady Titania. Her female friends, Lady Sophia, Lady Grace, and the young Lady Rosetta from the House Iris quickly gathered around her, standing by her side to show their support. Soon, the Great Hall was divided into three parts, one group led by Lady Titania, another group by Lord Taran and Lord Devlin, and the other group consisting of neutral parties. If there is any lapse in my manners, I apologize, Titania gracefully gave a curtsy. I hope that this does not strain the relationship between our houses. <laughs> Veins could be seen popping up from Lord Tarrant's forehead. You are too kind, my lady. We have some matters of great importance, Lord Tarrant hissed. We shall take our leave first. In such a hurry to leave, Lady Titania purposely stood before him and blocked his way. The party's just barely begun. Enough! Lord Devlin said from the side, You are good. You have achieved your goals. We will not stay here any longer. 
With that, Lord Devlin, leading his son, pushing through Titania's supporters, left the Great Hall with Lord Terran and his son following behind. The rest of their supporters followed along, casting looks of disdain at the rest. Lady Sophia, next to Titania, asked in a low voice, What happened to rile them up so badly? <laughs> Titania giggled. I just dealt a big blow to their businesses. Lady Grace turned towards the window and whispered, You mean those fires? Titania nodded. Don't say a word of this to anyone. Our fight has just begun. Mill slowly leaned back and placed his rifle unsafe from the hidden alcove in the second floor as the other faction left the great hall as an angry mob. He left out a sigh of relief as he watched Titania giggle away with her lady friends, admiring her looks. Damn it, Mills, Mills spoke to himself. You're a marine. She's one kind of noble on an alien planet. Frick, what do I do? Lord Tarrant sat in silence as he pondered on his options while his son watched the glowing city in the distance. Did they really burn down our warehouses and business? Daniel asked. It would appear so, Lord Tarrant growled. Not only that, they attacked our estate. Both the brothers were taken away. What? Daniel's eyes widened in shock. How do they manage to do that? Our guards? Ah, they're useless, Lord Terran hissed. No one even knew till the servants found the guards in the guest wing unconscious and everyone in the Rothschild's brother's room was knocked out. How could that be? Daniel sucked in a breath. Our household guards are the most on par with the Knights of Silver. Where do they get people more powerful than our guards? This is an important matter, Lord Terran said. Go investigate it with all haste. How about with the matter of our properties? Daniel asked. What should we do? Wait till we return to our estate, Lord Terran said. And why no one came to inform us until it was so late. They must have planned all of these for quite some time ago. And our men? Daniel asked. If they hit our stores, how will we feed the troops if we bring them into the city now? And where could we find shelter for them? Put that off for now. Let the men continue to camp outside, Lord Terran said. We find out what our losses are and also what losses did the house Devlin suffer. Then we must make new plans. Yes, father. Lord Devlin was in a similar state of mind as he rose to his own private carriage with his son. The little upstart girl has played us well. Father, why would we just kidnap her and force her into a marriage with me? Steve Devlin said with a lustful look in his eyes. Once she's married to our family, we can control the two Rothschild brothers with ease. Impossible, Lord Devlin brushed off those words. She would rather take her own life than be tied to our family. If we do not try, how will we know? Steve said. So, what if she destroyed our warehouses and businesses? If she is in our hands, Steve continued, none of those would matter. We don't even need to bring the troops into the city. We can just control everything as if she's in our hands. That is true, Lord Devlin said, but getting close to her is very hard, especially on that attempt on her life. There are always ways to lure her out, Steve smiled. Doesn't she have a good friends? You mean to take her friends as hostages? Lord Devlin's eyes narrowed in thought. But uh, we'll offend the lesser houses. Ha! <laughs> Those lowborn houses! Steve waved his hand in a dismissive gesture. What can they do to us once we hold all the power in the city? Even the Emperor would ignore our schemes as long as the tributes and slaves to the capital continued without issue, Steve said. And if the army in our pocket, what can that small houses do? We can easily crush them with a snap of our fingers. Let us see the extent of the damage to the house before we decide on that, Lord Devlin declared. Yes, Father. House Rothschild 
Several backplanted carriages, pulled up by angry land dragons, rolled up to the side gate and stopped as a marshalling yard with a screech of wooden metal. Dozens of riders accompanying the carriages came to a halt as well as the men unmounted. The doors of the carriages were opened and hooded and tired men and women were dragged out from the carriages and dragged off into the dungeon. The blind and gagged prisoners could only stumble and cry in their gags as they were roughly dragged into cells before the restraints were removed. Cries of injustice and declares of innocence echoed after the departing soldiers who slammed shut the thick, wrought iron gates and dimly lit dungeons. Tyria jerked his head at the two bodies dumped to the side of the stone guardhouse and said, I got the two brothers, both sleeping like babies. Night Captain Judas nodded tiredly as he rubbed the soot-covered face. Great work. Put them in the separate cells, he ordered his men who carried the two brothers away. Keep them away from the rest of the prisoners. Hard night, Terrier's eyed Judas's appearance. He looked like crap. Looked like crap? Judas looked down at himself and frowned at the face. You mean I look bad? Yeah, something like that, Terrier grinned. Got everyone on the list? Judas nodded. Some resisted and we killed them. Cost me two men and several others wounded. You? Ah, like taking candy from a baby, Terrier boasted. We went in without a sound, knocked out the guards, found them both in some kind of orgy, knocked everyone out and grabbed them both without alerting anyone. Very nice, Judas nodded in appreciation. Say, um, do you want to work for me instead of this, um, United Nations Empire? <laughs> Thanks for the offer, Terrier smiled, but no thank you. We are after all still enemies, even your lady is allied to us now. Such a pity, Judas sighed, even if I'll offer you all the gold, power, and even land if you join me. Tyria shook his head. There is something that I cannot give in to, especially when it's your empire which destroyed my home and made my family slaves. I see, Judas nodded in understanding. Then we shall not speak of it any more. Well then, if that's all, I'll leave you with my men to rest, Tyria said. Good luck with your enemies, after which has been done tonight, I assure you, all bets are off. Judas watched the strange soldiers packed up their gear and walked off towards the guest wing and frowned, wondering how long they had been the House Rothschild's friends. Judas, Titania, suddenly appeared with several guards in tow. How is everything? Judas smiled at the pretty sight of Titania in a ballroom dress. We managed to get almost everyone on the list. There were some deaths, but we should have dealt a heavy blow to House Terran and Devlin and their allies tonight. Good... Titania's eyes glowed fiercely under the light of the lamps. And my brothers? Judas gestured towards the dungeon entrance. We placed them inside private cells. They are still knocked out. Titania nodded. Inform me when they have awoken. Yes, my lady. Judas gave a bow. Good job. Titania patted Judas's shoulder. Thank you for your hard work. At the rising sun rays cast the light over the city, the nights of destruction at several businesses and warehouses became more apparent in the morning. Charred structural skeletons stood out amongst the standing structures. Dozens of figures could be seen poking around the ruins, either trying to salvage or discover something useful, or clues of how the fire started. Soldiers bearing the House Taran and House Devlin crests stood grim-faced as they shooed away the curious gawkers. Lord Tarrant and Lord Devlin stood at the pier where they looked at the remains of one of the trade barges, which laid half-sunken in its moorings. She really is vicious. Lord Tarrant nodded in his counterpart statement. My house had six warehouses burnt down with four months of supply and 14,000 gold crowns worth of trade goods destroyed. That is not counting the buildings and the compensation losses. 
Lord Talon said, and also the damages from your side and our allies. She even had both her brothers taken away under my nose. Lord Devlin's expression was ugly as he turned to Lord Taran. We lost a couple trade ships, two warehouses, and several businesses. We have to delay moving our forces into the city, Lord Devlin declared. Without adequate supplies to feed our men, our chances of success have dropped quite a bit. How did she know which warehouses and businesses to target? Lord Tarrant said. We underestimated her abilities. Yes, we did, Lord Devlin said. Well, take this as a learning lesson. I suspect that this is due to the help of the lesser houses since most of them deal with the food merchants. What is your plan now? Lord Tarrant asked. We can't let something like this go. Hmm, I suppose that we can take care of the lesser houses that support her first. Do weaken her powers, Lord Devlin said, which was an evil gleam in his eyes. Scare the rest of the lesser houses. See if they still dare to stand against us. Lord Tarrant nodded. Yes, we should have done that from the start. Especially Target House Kanda and House Westlake, Lord Devlin said. I heard the daughters of Kanda and Westlake are good friends with her. Take them hostage. Lord Tarrant smiled. Of course. Without the two Rothschild brothers, we lose our chess piece. Lord Tarrant added. We should find them and rescue them from their tyranny. Lord Devlin smiled. Well, my son has the idea. If we hold her friends and loved ones hostage, we can force her into a marriage with my son. This way we can control the Rothschilds. Marriage? Lord Tarrant frowned. It'll not be easy to make her accept such a proposal. I know, that is why we must find her weakness, Lord Devlin said. We start with the close friends and loved ones first. This sounds like a plan too, Lord Tarrant nodded before giving a sly smile. But does your son have to be the one that married her? My son can sacrifice himself to take the burden away from you. <laughs> Lord Devlin laughed. You old fogey, don't you dare steal such a position from my son. <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter who she marries, so long as she marries into one of our houses. <laughs> End of chapter. Chapter 336. Undercurrents. Norsham Old District. Scented candles lit up a hall, decorated thickly in exquisitely patterned drapes, pillows, and cushions laid scattered all around where couples and all sexes mingled and enjoyed themselves with drinks, food, and exotic drugs. A marble reclining chair was perched in the far end where a female with both stunning looks and figure lounged lazily like a cat, with several hulking males fawning over her. She moaned seductively in pleasure as they massaged her body, while one even licked her toes. "'My most beautiful queen!' The balding man dressed in a merchant suddenly appeared and he hurried down the richly carpeted floor, ignoring the orgy all around him as his face bore an expression of worry and unease. What seems to be the problem? The woman on the lounge chair replied lazily, taking a bite of a fruit offered by one of her admirers. My queen! The merchant bowed before the woman and kissed her outstretched feet. I bear news of the Rothschild brothers were um, taken away from House Terran. <laughs> her laughter sent tingles of pleasure down the spines of the merchant and the surrounding people. Their face, expression, smile, and rapture. Who has such the guts to do such a thing? It's the young Rothschild, miss, merchant eyed the mistress with lustful eyes. They attacked both the Terrans and Devlin's businesses in one night. She is daring. The woman brushed off the attentions of her male admirers as she sat straight up and crossed her legs. And where has she taken them? 
They shouldn't be taken into the Rothschild estate, the merchant replied, and both the Terran and Devlins are planning to retaliate for the attacks. Hmm. Those sultry women parted lips in thought. Let's add some spice into the mix, shall we? I still have not to vent off all my, um, unhappiness for that unfortunate incident with one of my avatars. Yes, my queen. The merchant's smile widened as he tried to peek up under the ivory dress as she uncrossed and crossed her long, shapely legs. Go on, have fun, my children. Enjoy life. Rothschild Estate, Dungeons. Titania carefully made her way down to the stone stairs deeper into the dungeon with the aid of a glow lamp. She, she reached the bottom, the two guards on duty saluted her and unlocked the iron gates. She followed the guards and they brought her to a solid thick iron-bound wooden door into the cell. She eyed the shivering body huddled into the one corner of the cell and waited till one of the guards placed a chair for her to be seated. After sitting down, she gestured to the guard who rapped on the bars separating her and the prisoner with his sword, waking the prisoner up. What? The prisoner slowly came to his feet and shaded his eyes from the brightness of the glow lamp. He cautiously walked forward and his eyes slightly adjusted to the light and he saw who was sitting before him and cursed madly. You witch! The guards shall strike you down. Titania shook her head sadly at the outburst of the prisoner. Is this how you greet your sister after not seeing her for a few months, Brother Alberto? You are not even a pure blood. Alberto hissed from behind the bars. I don't know what you did with father and how you killed him, but I will never give you up the fight with you. Titania sighed at the outburst of Alberto. Others are making sure of you, yet you are too blinded by lust for power and greed to see it. If I hand over the reins of Hal Rothschild to you, you and Malib both would have destroyed everything father had built. Enough of your words, Alberto tried to shake off the cell bars. Release me! No, Titania shook her head. It is, um, safer for you down here. Now tell me who else is in this stupid scheme of yours. Alberto gave a sneer. There are forces backing me that you can never dream of. Even the Terrans and Devlins are just small-time players. Titania frowned at the confidence in his words. So you mean that there is someone else behind you? <laughs> Alberto gave off a sinister laugh. Behind me? <laughs> no, no. She is my queen, my mistress, my love, my desires. She will grant me all my wishes and desires. Alberto giggled and sat down on the cot. You shall feel her wrath soon. Who is she? Titania stood up and glared at Alberto. Did she cause the houses to turn on us? No. Alberto smiled. She set us free to pursuit of our desires. <laughs> she will come and get us soon. Titania stepped away from the cell, shivering slightly and feeling uncomfortable at the sight of her brother's eerie smile. She exited the room and the dungeon and felt better as the warmth from the sun bathed on her body. My lady, a soldier with a messenger slash came up to her. The city council begs your presence at one of the citadel. They have matters of importance that require your presence. She nodded and turned to one of her aides. Prepare my carriage. It is time for me to return to the citadel after being absent for so long. It took her almost a turn of the glass before the carriage finally stopped at the gates of the citadel, when the ministers and clerks working under the city council governor, the city of the southern territories. The citadel was as busy as usual. 
the five-story stone structure set into the middle of the city, with its own walls, barracks, and armory. It overlooked the city with its towering steep-angled roofs and spires. As she made her way towards the inner sanctum, people bowed as she strolled back, and they started as she suddenly returned. Word soon spread as many people came to look at her as she discussed all gossips and rumors that had been floating around for some time. Her guards paused and joined the citadel guards at the entrance of the inner sanctum, as they were not allowed in. She entered the towering double doors and found the entire council members seated around the circular tiered hall. All conversation died when she appeared at the entrance as she walked down the steps and took the seat at the head of the table, as was her right. Everyone stood up and bowed as she appeared and only sat down after she did. What is the issue that demands my presence? Titania asked immediately. <clears throat> Lord Terran stood up and said, My lady, as you know, there have been several um, acts of random destruction and theft in the city just the night before. And we have a positive evidence that Knight Captain Judas of the Silver Knights was involved. Lord Devlin stood up and declared, We demand you put him under arrest for to answer for his crimes. Cries and yells supporting the demand made by Lord Devlin came from the tiered ministers as they cast their support to arrest the knight. Titania raised an eyebrow and said, Positive evidence, my lords. You meant that the letter I authorized him to act on my behalf was fake. Both lords looked at each other and gave a small smile before Lord Terence said, If that's the case, why has my lady targeted my business and caused such a large disturbance to the city? What has those merchants done to deserve such a wanton destruction of property? What are those orders and have a dozen men and women dragged out of their homes and arrested? Lord Terran asked. Those men and women broke their oath of accepted bribes. Lady Titania stood up and stated, Every one of you has taken an oath. You all swore an oath to be loyal to serve the Emperor. They have broken that oath. If that's the case, then why is my lady unpunished? Lord Devlin stood up and said, You had lost a battle with the barbarians and failed to recapture Orwell's point, making us and the merchants lose thousands of gold crowns every week. Thousands of men were killed, and who shall answer to their families? Lord Devlin said passionately, How do you answer to the dead while you're still alive and well? How shall you answer to the emperor for your failure? Titania gave a small suppressed growl in her throat and took a deep breath. We lost the battle. Maybe if your house and Lord Taran had sent your troops and supplies down instead of hoarding them like a miser, we might have won the battle and retaken Orwell's point. You should know how the Emperor treats cowards and backstabbers. Lord Devlin frowned and sat down, conceding to Titania's words while Lord Taran continued. Even so, what about the destruction of property? We have eyewitnesses who saw Night Captain Judas pocketing wares before burning down the warehouses. Lord Terence said with his statement fervent, if it wasn't to carry out your orders to arrest those that had abused their power. If that's the case, did the Captain Judas not abuse his powers too? Why must most properties be burnt down? Lord Terran turned and asked the council. Shouldn't the arrest of the owners be sufficient? Because of this incident, the damages to the city is a staggering 114,000 gold crowns in compensation and repairs, Lord Taran said dramatically before throwing a sly look at Titania. My lady, as city governor, shouldn't it be your job to put the city interests ahead of yourself? Why instead is the city and its citizens suffer from your own uh, personal vendetta? Do I need to inform every one of my actions? Titania stood up. My authority comes from the emperor. My word is his word. You dare question me? We do not. 
Lord Tarrant bowed deeply and apologized before he sat down. Having achieved his goal, the other council members started to whisper amongst themselves. I stand chastised. Titania hide the tears and frowned inwardly, knowing that those old men were playing counsel against her and she knew that she had to appease them to clear their doubts. The compensation would come from the Rothschild's coffers, as for the matter of the night Captain Judas stealing things, I will personally investigate the matter. <clears throat> My lady, Lord Tarrant spoke again, it might be wise you might create the impression that you are biased towards him. We should instead leave it to a specially formed party to investigate, after all. We don't want to tarnish my captain and your good name. Titania glared at Lord Tarrant, who smiled triumphantly as the council members all made agreeing gestures. Fine, then I want a committee to five council members to helm the investigation. Lord Tarrant smiled as he knew as long as he could find ways to influence the committee. Lord Captain Judas was doomed, and that was as good as cutting off the hand of Titania. Now all they could do was just wait for the next part of their plans. Just as he finished that thought, the doors of the inner sanctum opened and a messenger came in hurriedly. He bowed to the council before heading straight to Titania and whispered into her ears. She listened to the news, her facial expression changed, and she stood up with a curse on her lips. I have urgent matters, the council meeting has adjoined. Titania declared as she quickly followed the messenger out. She glanced angrily at both Lord Tarrant and Lord Devlin, who bowed with innocent smiles on their faces as she stormed out of the inner sanctum. <laughs> Lord Tarrant gave a low laugh as he stood up next to Lord Devlin. With her distracted now, we can easily destroy those who support her. Yes, with this, the closing act of the facade will soon be over. End of chapter. And that, my friends, is the end of this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the channel. There are numerous links down below. The easiest way would be to share this video and this channel to as many people as possible to help this channel grow. Your support is very much appreciated. And I will see you all in the next video. Cheers.